What is up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire offseason, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. For more Cowboys content, you already know, also on ADC Sports Dallas, we've got the morning show, the primetime show. You can check out the podcast feed, which features these shows right after they stream live in case you ever miss one of those. And tonight, we will talk about the Cowboys' biggest reason for optimism, according to a specific ESPN analyst, and we'll share the critical stat that reveals why the Cowboys should be optimistic about it. Uh, thank you to everyone who's tuning into the show. Do me a favor, smash the like button, share the stream. If you're new here, subscribe. Dak not done yet. What is up? We've got someone whose username is called Dak not done yet, and I love it. That's what we'll talk about tonight. Also, some conversation around Isaac Alarcón, the Mexican player who is a part of the Dallas Cowboys. I had a chance to sit down with him and have a conversation about where he's at in his career, and it was pretty insightful. What is up, Kenneth Fraser over at Facebook? Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for being here. Anyways, let's dive right in. Let's see what ESPN's Mina Kimes, the legend, the myth, the woman, the legend, Mina Kimes, had to say about Dak Prescott, because as always, she's super insightful, bringing the cold numbers to the table. And she found not only the biggest reason for optimism headed into 2022, but in her own words, perhaps the single biggest reason why the Cowboys struggled late in the season on offense. Here we go. Let's listen to what she had to say today on NFL Live over at ESPN. Mina, how much of a difference will Dak's mobility make this season, getting back to what well, we kind of know him as a quarterback at that position? Well, it's huge, Laura. I mean, Dak is not a dual-threat quarterback in the sense you're not going to lean heavily on the designed runs, but he is mobile, and at his best, the threat of him scrambling, throwing mm -hmm. on the move is a big part of what's made this Cowboys offense so dangerous when he's healthy. And last season, when he did get hurt, I think it's a big part of the reason why that offense struggled after week six. You know, before then, on design rollouts and scrambles, Dak was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. After the in injury, his numbers dropped precipitously. I mean, talking about going from a QBR of 93 to 46, not a massive sample size, but it's enough to make a big difference in this offense where you want him on the move. And that's why I think hearing, oh, he's healthy and he's going to be, you know, at full strength coming back has to be tremendously encouraging for Dallas because his health is, a, is I would say, the single biggest reason why they struggled last year. Honestly, it's a good take from Mina, as usual. She is very smart when it comes to all of the numbers, to all of the reasons why any team struggles or has success. And it actually fits with what Mike McCarthy was raving about last week when he said that they were excited about giving Dak Prescott more opportunities to scramble, to get out of the pocket, and maybe create some plays. Because if there was one single aspect of the game that was 
limited for Dak Prescott after the calf injury. It had to be on these kind of plays. Now, one thing is believing that, and one thing is thinking that without any evidence. But the way that Mina Kimes put it with these numbers, now, I was surprised at numbers. From weeks one to six, quarterback rating for Dak Prescott was at 93, completion percentage at 81%, and even yards per attempt, 10.2 yards per attempt. All of those numbers went down after the calf injury. And I will be the first to say that I was always skeptical about the Cowboys having this be the, the number one cause for a decline in offensive production throughout the season. Because back in, in 2021, I wasn't entirely sure that Dak Prescott was really that hurt. But as we continue to see some evidence on this th whole thing, it definitely sounds like it was a major, major problem for the Cowboys. Now, here are a lot of worthy questions. And I actually made this one on the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat. Truth or false, Dak Prescott's calf injury was the single biggest reason for struggles. And we got a little bit of a mixed answer here. Michael went with false. MJ with true. Kenneth Fraser over at Facebook says true. Uh, let's see. Why are we trying to roll out with a quarterback that still has a bad cough, says uh, Toxic Tom? Like starting a back with a torn knee, it doesn't make sense. And that was actually one of the reasons why I had my doubts about Dak being that hurt during the 2021 regular season. Because I looked at some of these plays in which the Cowboys were still getting Prescott out of the pocket. They were still getting him on the move. And I said, you wouldn't do that if Dak Prescott was truly hurt. But maybe they would have done that. And maybe they did. So there's that. It's a good question by Toxic Tom. However, you can understand why it's such a big part of the Cowboys offense. Prescott is a good passer from the pocket. But he really excels when he's on the move and he throws on the run. And we know that he can also scramble. And some of us want more carries out of Dak Prescott. That might happen or that might not happen. But you definitely like to see Dak Prescott on the move because he has proven time and time again that he is able to make it work. Now, some other maybe more sober answers here. Gregory says half and half Mo. Half of it was penalties. And the other half maybe was Dak Prescott's calf injury i will say my uh, answer is i'm going to stick with truth here and i wouldn't have agreed with this during the 2021 regular season but i will now i don't think it's that much of the biggest reason but maybe it's the majority of why the cowboys struggled in the second half of uh, of the year even though there are way more many factors in play here, including scheme issues with Kellen Moore and the way that the Cowboys game planned the whole thing, some execution issues by receivers, some other injuries at wide receiver, at running back, at offensive line that we also saw during the year. So there are a lot of reasons why the Cowboys went from being one of the most efficient and one of the most explosive offenses in the league to one that was at one point, they were below the top 20 over the 
last few weeks of the season. So that really gives you an idea of how much they struggled. Uh, let's see here. Dak is awesome on the run out of the pockets. Is Kenneth Fraser. Ryan Doyle says, all right, Dak, let's go out and earn that $48.5 million in 2024. No more excuses. Now, this does seem like a big, big season for Dak Prescott because more than maybe any other year since 2018, I would say, this is a year in which it's time for Dak Prescott to elevate the Cowboys offense. And the question from me to you guys is, from 1 to 10, how much do you trust Dak to elevate the offense? Not to make it work, not to have a winning season with the Cowboys once more, but really take Jalen Tolbert as a rookie and make him exceed expectations maybe. Make CeeDee Lamb really turn into a wide receiver one. From 1 to 10, how much do you expect him to be able to elevate the Cowboys offense? Because once more, I will say that, you know, also taking into consideration the fact that he's further along in his career, this might be the biggest season for him to do that. Even when you compare it to 2018, when the Cowboys were saying that, they were not going to have a number one wide receiver and they, they were going to make it work by committee, which was kind of dumb even at the time. And we were not, we were not fans of that uh, mantra by the team. But let's see some of your answers here. Stephen White says 10. Charlene Evans goes with the four. MJ, five. Gregory, 8.5. Bruce Gottlieb goes with a 10. Tammy with the five. So a lot of mixed answers here. I will go... Gilbert with a nine, by the way. Jason, 10. Ryan Doyle says nine. Carter Thompson is just having a blast watching his favorite team's show, the Dallas Cowboys primetime show. So we appreciate Carter. Uh, I will go with the eight. I think that from one to 10, my confidence level in Dak Prescott elevating the Cowboys offense will be an eight. I think that he has proven that he can get it done in big moments like he has before, even though the Cowboys have not had that postseason success that we want them to. And I believe that this is not that bad of a supporting cast for him to really do it. I think that Jalen Tolbert would have it, will have a good season with Dak. I think that the City Lamb project at wide receiver one will end up working for the Cowboys. And I do have questions about, Kellen Moore at offensive coordinator, but I'm betting on Dak Prescott this year more than anything because he really does look healthy and not because he's saying so to the press, but beat reporters are out there describing Prescott as a leaner version of himself, as a guy that's getting it down with the footwork. But Michael also brings up a good point. He says, Mo, I don't think that we can put any blame on Dak if the O-line sucks again. The offensive line is the one unit on the Cowboys that I cannot figure out if it's a strength or a weakness because it can be either one of those two. I don't know how you give Dak Prescott with Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator an eight, says Toxic Tom. Well, I... 
I have my questions about Kellen Moore. But once again, we do come back to this and we do circle back to the fact that a Cowboys offense in 2019 did rank as the third best in the league with Kellen Moore at offensive coordinator. In 2021, even after the struggles, they were seventh. The Cowboys were the eighth most pass-aggressive team in the NFL last year. So it's doable, even with the concerns on Kellen Moore. They have done this before with Kellen Moore. And I think that although in 2018, maybe it took getting Amari Cooper to get the offense back on track, but Dak Prescott is a way better player right now than he was in 2018. And we've seen those big moments from him in 2020, in 2021, and all of that. Uh, Sergio says, can the offensive line hold up for the rushing attack on first and second downs and force the pass? Says Sergio. Whew. That's a good one because we don't know if the running game will be back for the Cowboys. Hopefully it will be. Once again, I, I, I do have concerns about the offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott should be healthier. Uh, Tony Pollard should be used more, hopefully. We're hoping he is at the very least. Mo says, Toxic Tom, how did those numbers stack up against playoff caliber teams? And we've gone over this as well. You can take a look at some of the your favorite quarterbacks, for example. And I, I know that this is more about Kellen Moore than it is about uh Dak Prescott but you can take any of those powerhouse offenses that we like to look at and compare the numbers to caliber to how they fare versus playoff caliber teams and they also struggle way more against playoff teams because they're good teams the teams that make it into the postseason are obviously good teams now I'm not Defending them, I am with Tom in the fact that I'm concerned about Kellen Moore. I do have big question marks about it. But I cannot sit here and pretend like the, that the Cowboys cannot have a well-oiled, efficient offense with Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott because it's happened before. And hey, didn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers make the... the what was it, the division round? Did they get it out uh, on the division round? They did, right? Because the NFC Championship game. Well, we're in the Tampa Bay box that we're defending the Super Bowl championship, a playoff caliber team, because they went toe-to-toe versus the box. And yes, it was week one, but we cannot pick and choose our games, right? That's all I'm saying. I know that I got toxic Tom triggered, but... We cannot be biased towards any side of the ball, right? We cannot be biased in, a, in an optimist way or in a pessimist way. The Cowboys have had an efficient offense with Kellen. Do they need to get better? Do they need to stop being predictable, especially late in the season? Heck yes. And Toxic Tom says, and they went toe-to-toe and took that L. Was it because of offense, though? Was it because of offense? I would I would say definitely not. MJ says, Kidna just not that good at coordinating offense at all, says MJ. And by the way, uh, Skywalker Steele in the morning show, he had a tremendous show today on John Kidna, actually. Uh, so make sure that you go check that out in case you missed it because that was some good, good stuff. 
from Skype, definitely. But anyways, moving on, before we get out of here tonight, I had a chance of sitting down with one of my favorite cowboy players uh, in a biased way because, you know, I am rooting hard for the great Isaac to make the 53-man roster. A player born in Mexico and made in Mexico that has represented the country in World Cups. He has won championships with the equivalent to Alabama football in Mexico in the in his college, which is, which is the best football program in the country. He is now with the Dallas Cowboys, and I sat down with him and had an interview in Spanish in case you want to check it out. You can do so on Primero Cowboys over at Facebook and YouTube, but it's entirely in Spanish. And we talked about where he's at in his career, and just because I know that he also became sort of a fan favorite after HBO Hard Knocks made him a feature player on the, on the series last year, some of my big takeaways from our conversation. I asked him about what is the area that he needs to work at the most and all of that. And he said, I, I asked him about an interview that Ambar Garcia, who produces Cowboys content in Spanish for the official team website, Will, she sat down with Will McClay. Will McClay gave some thoughts on where Isaac was at. And he told me, Isaac told me, consistency was the main thing that he needs to work on. And he, he talked to me about his first step, maybe looking perfect, looking pretty as an offensive lineman. But then maybe that second step, that third step, not being consistent enough. And I loved that he used Zach Martin and Tyron Smith as examples. And he said, you look at those guys and every snap, they look exactly the same. The pad level is the same. The head is on the same place. Their hands are on the same place. And he talked about that area of the game. And he mentioned consistency as the biggest reason, uh, the biggest area for improvement for, you know, Mexico's Isaac Alarcón. Toxic Tom says, I hope that he makes it, Mo. You can be his agent with your new degree. I will not be his agent. I'm sure of that. But <laughs> I, I hope he makes it as well. Michael says, Isaac just wants the cake. MJ says, Isaac is pretty good. Hope he does his job. Hope so as well. Now, when talking to him about what he has learned maybe in these first few years in the league, a lot of people maybe are talking about him being a smoother athlete and things like that. But honestly, it sounds like the, the reason why Alarcón's upside might still be huge is the mental side of the game. I talked to him about pass protections, responsibilities, sliding to the weak side and all of that. We talked about how those responsibilities look like at the collegiate level in Mexico And he was very candid with me. And he said, honestly, they don't ex exist at a complex level. Basically, it's all based on who is the closest backer more than, for example, if you're the center and you're pointing the mic, it, it, it maybe isn't necessarily the center pointing the mic in Mexico, but who is the closest linebacker to the line of scrimmage or to the center himself. And he signaled several of those differences between Mexico's college football and what you see in the United States. And I think that's the reason why Isaac's upside might still be there. He's learning the mental side of the game, or he was learning it during the first couple of years. 
He mentioned Cal Bellero, a member of the Cowboys staff, as someone that has taught him a lot about football, about coverages, about defensive fronts, and all of that. And he said that that should help him become a better athlete because maybe he's not overthinking things anymore in his third year. Maybe he can just get them done as the tremendous athlete that he is because we know that he has the size, he has the arm length, he has all of that. Uh, Toxic Tom says, realistically, what are his chances of making the team? I would say you need to make him an underdog just be based on the fact that he hasn't made the roster yet in his career. So naturally, he's an underdog. I will say that he needs a very strong training camp. It will be his chance to really prove himself because at the moment, there are not a lot of guards on the team. Matt Farniak can double as a center and a guard, so maybe that saves some spots for the Cowboys. I think he has a legit shot. I think that as opposed to as opposed to what we saw in the first couple of years, Isaac is facing less competition. Or if anything, his competition at this stage are undrafted free agents. Guys like MP, guys like Lindstrom, that maybe they have versatility that helps them. But I think those are the guys that Isaac is competing with at this moment. And as such, I will say that he has a legit chance. I will not make him the favorite or anything like that. But I genuinely believe that Isaac has a shot at making the roster. He needs a strong training camp, though, because we have not seen him. And maybe the Cowboys themselves have not really seen him with pads in live contact drills. And they need to do so. If he's able to be more consistent, then watch out for Isaac as a potential dark horse for the 53-man roster. But anyways, before we get out of here tonight, it is Wednesday. And that means we have the one cool thing segment of the week. And for those of you who are new to the show, this is where we share something maybe personal, professional, sports-related, not sports-related, whatever you want it to be. But what is your one cool thing of the week? This is sort of like a feel-good space for us here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Sam Monroe says, new job. So looks like Samuel Rowe has a new job. This is a one cool thing. Thank you to Samuel. Thank you for your one cool thing. Uh, Stephen White says that he disagrees. He doesn't see a chance for Isaac. Hopefully he does have it. Hopefully he does. Uh, Michael H., what is up? Thank you for tuning in. So what is your one cool thing of the week? Mine is a little bit random. I got myself a new desk. I'm excited about it uh, arriving. It will take a while, about two weeks maybe. But I am setting up my new home office because now that I am out of college, time to get to work and I will set up a, I believe, or at least in my head, the way that I visualize it, a pretty cool home office setup. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I got the desk, a considerable, uh, you know, investment in the sense that you can get it wrong, even if you get a cheap desk, but it's kind of a big hassle to you know move on from a desk maybe so i'm excited about it getting here i'm excited about building that home office thank you to sergio for his comment i appreciate it let's see some of your one cool things mj 
hanging out with the fellas, talking sports, plus my wife and stepdaughter. That's one cool thing. Michael says, one more week closer to football season. And hey, we uh, July is, is right here, right? July is getting here. And it's the month in which I really feel like just crossing each day of my calendar so I can feel closer and closer to the season, even if it means training camp. Toxic Tom says, my father-in-law flew in from Iowa for the next two weeks. Mrs. Borner account is very happy, and he is a great father-in-law. Oh, that's nice, Michael. Congratulations on that. Let's see. Kenneth Fraser spent Father's Day with my stepbrother, and he's a Steelers fan, so I bust his chops all the time. LMAO, there you go. Uh, let's see. Bruce says, I have been counting down to September 8th, both the start of the season and my toddler's second birthday. Is that uh, a wonderful thing? There is lowly... Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to read that one. <laughs> Stay single, says Samuel Rowe. Date for as long as possible. Marriage is a trick to Samuel Rowe. He's just sharing some life advice at this point. Uh, Stephen White survived a car crash. Oh, that's a one cool thing. I'm glad that you did, Stephen White. That's a good scare. Thank you to Tammy as well. Thank you for your uh, for your comments, Kenneth Fraser. Uh, thank you for your congratulations, wishes. Let's see. I got brand AC for my trailer, says Jason, since mine went out and my church paid for me that I blessed for, says Jason. Let's, you, let's go. One cool thing. Anyways, before I let you go, make sure that you hit the like button. Share the stream if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And as always, you know that we are here every Sunday through Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, talking some Cowboys football. And listen, we will be here all of the offseason. I know it's June. I know it's July. Don't worry. We will have you covered on ADC Sports. Not only here, but on the website as well. Check out the Cowboys articles check out the Mavericks articles. That will be it for me tonight. I will see you tomorrow night to close out the primetime week. And I hope that you have a tremendous Wednesday. Thank you, guys. See you.